Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron Lemons Debro. Going to walk through today the spring game, a little bit of an update on football recruiting. And I mean, I think basketball portal is still popping off here and there. So kind of get through those things. Probably won't be that long of a show today, but like we haven't done one in a couple weeks, so why not? Spring game. It is one out of 15 practices, which means that we need to overreact and I need to sit here and make videos and gifts of every single play that happened in the spring game. My sarcasm probably isn't coming off well enough with that, but I, the biggest rule about the spring, the spring game and, and the spring as well is to not overreact. Now, there are definitely certain things that you can see over and over again that's like, okay, cool, this this is either what's going to start to happen or this needs to be fixed. But 95% of the stuff you see in the spring game just kind of is what it is. It's just, it's, it's a glorified practice. That's for TV. For the sake of this kind of rundown, I'll mostly focus on the first half because after that you're dealing with, I know Mitch came back in for, I think a series or two in the second half, the running clock, but for the most part, you were dealing with walk-ons and guys who, probably won't see the field until 2025, maybe late 2024, depending on how they progress. Not a slight to them. It's just, that's just kind of how the progression of of these things are. You can only play so many people. Everyone loves to say, you know, they can go three deep at every position. That's just not realistic. You know, you really focus on your top 45 to 50. 50 is really the number that you're going to try to get to top 50 guys. And that's really kind of going to be it. Starting with, you know, Manly Hour, where all of the eyes were. Mitch Griffiths, mostly clean showing, 19 for 29, 315 yards and two touchdowns. Thought it was pretty good. I mean, I, th- I think his first couple series, he looked good in the first couple series. The, <laughs> Donovan and Wesley just dropped balls. Um, there was, I think the first play of the game, there was a little bit of pressure from, from the interior. He, he really uses his legs. I think that's going to be a big part of him. Uses his legs to get outside of the pocket. Throws a pretty good ball like on the on the numbers. On I think it was actually on the face mask of Wesley Grimes and Wesley drops it. It was good coverage there from I think it was Deshaun Jones in coverage. And I thought, okay, cool, that's great. But it was also something that you need to catch if you're Wesley. And second second drive, there was one where he just where throws are kind of right on the, on the face mask to Nani and Donnie just can't come down to it. There are definitely a couple of throws that he went, I'm looking, he was perfect. There was definitely a couple of throws that he'd want back. There was one where I understand it's a no touch, well, two, two hand touch sort of thing, but it, there was one where he kind of got touched and just locked it up in the air and it was obviously intercepted. The play was dead anyways, but it was just a, you didn't have to throw that sort of ball. And then there was one, he tries to pitch it to David Egbay, who looks good. He's not going to really play that much this year. I don't think unless there's injuries, but Egbay looked fine. Tate Carney looked fine. Um, Drew Pickett is one to file away for next year. I don't think he'll be a factor this year, but next year, but if, if justice decides to depart or not saying he will or not, but just if there is any sort of attrition, I think Drew Pickett is a guy that's quietly going to rise up the, up the ladder there. I think he looked good, but you know, it's again, 2024, 2025, but yeah, he tried, Mitch tried to toss it out to egg band. Just, it went nowhere. 
And, you know, there's, I think there's one word where he kind of, it's a dirty pocket, you know, obviously again, it's two hand touch, but it was clean from the sense of no one was going to sack him, but dirty. And what they mean by a dirty pocket is you're kind of collapsed. You don't have, you know, miles of grass in front of you where you can just step into the throw and kind of short armed it a little bit. And, but that's something that you can't really replicate until you get to games. I think, it, I think on the broadcast, one of the announcers mentioned that as well. And it was a good point of, there's only so many things, you, and that's why it's spring practice, and there's so many things you can like, take from it. You can't really replicate a dirty pocket in drills, and you can't do it in scrimmages. You can't do it in the spring game. The only time you can really do it is in a real game. And so, you know, that's something where it's just going to be remain to see what he does. But I think ultimately, I think, he was, I think, I think Mitch had a really good spring. He, uh, I believe Dave Lawson after the, after the spring game talked to reporters and said he completed somewhere between 75 to 80% of his passes this entire spring, which is the highest uh, Wake Forest program has ever had during the spring. That's the highest I've heard in a while. Um, I think Mitt, they are very, very, very comfortable with what they have in Mitch Grace. Like I mentioned his legs, I think his legs are going to be a very important part. And I mentioned this in the write-up yesterday. The question is not so much can he run, it's how much of it, of what we saw in running in the spring game and that spring practices is a function of them just saying, we know you can't get hurt. And how much of it is actually going to be like, this is what we're going to encourage you to do. It looked very encouraging, the fact that they allowed him to move. There looked to be a couple of design runs. There were a few, there were three or four times where Mitch just decided to take off on his own. That's great. And I especially love the move in the pocket thing especially I, I think they are they feel fine about the offensive line but against lines that like to teams that like the blitz or just are bigger defensive lines moving the pocket is a way to just negate that and I don't think they could necessarily do that as much last year with Sam not so much that Sam is unathletic I think Sam is, is an athletic guy it's I Mitch is more adept at using his body like that so I but I'm again I'm trying I'm trying to figure out is that something that they're going to want to do in when it comes time for Mitch to take hits? Like I, I, I would hope so. I think Mitch's legs are a really, really valuable part and going, and if this team wants to be more than a six, seven, one team, you're going to have to let him loose. I know that the quarterback room isn't exactly the, the healthiest, not, well, not healthy. Technically full right now. I mean, you can only really have four guys and they have three. Uh, they're waiting for Charlie Gilliam to come in in the summer. But I, I I would love I would love for them to say that they really want to let Mitch cook and him run. Thought the receivers were solid. I mentioned there were I mentioned there were drops by Grimes and by Donovan Green. They both bounced back. Uh, Donovan pretty much showed why you can't play cover two against this team. Excuse me, you can't play cover one against this team because if you play cover one, Donovan or Jamal Banks are just kind of do what they want. And we'll get to the cornerbacks in a little bit, but they, those two just really do what they want. And Donovan just decided it was, he would just have his, his way with any deep ball that he got had, I think what three catches for about a hundred or so yards and a touchdown. He's just good. Uh, I think the, the question for him is, can he continue to be consistent? I think we saw the epitome of Donovan green of he has his moments of Donovan. What like you, you're, you know, you know, you're better than this. And then he'll, the rest of the time he'll, just become who we know he is can you cut out the first part of that can you just start being the person who we, who we think you are from the get-go if he does that that's an that's there's a reason why donovan is the most pro ready prospect on this team and we saw that yesterday <laughs> uh wesley grimes showed his yak which i think is a very i think the biggest knock on wesley grimes coming out of high school was his speed and be able to he was more of like a possession receiver than he was uh, kind of a you know yak guy. And especially for someone that's not exactly 6'4", 6'5", you'd like him to see have a little more, a little bit more speed to him. He's definitely improved that. And we definitely saw him run away from a few, few defenders yesterday. And I think that's going to be something that we see during the year. I also do want to caution. I still think that Wesley Grimes is, you know, if I had to put all the wide receivers out, you know, rank them and say, you know, who's who, Donovan and Donovan and Jamal are going to be your stars on the outside. That's just, there's no question about that. 
And then after that, I think they feel comfortable with Wesley Grimes now, but they also feel comfortable with Walker Merrill and they also feel comfortable with Horatio Fields. If he can come back healthy after his ACL last year, cool. There's only so many amounts to feed. So I'm, I'm just kind of tempering that. I think that we are still a year away from Wesley Grimes being like the dude, but I think that he'll get a health, he'll get a healthy amount of targets. But I think we're still a year away of, you know, him being this thousand yard receiver. And I just kind of want to temper that, but I think it's still an embarrassment of riches when you have a Donnie Banks, uh, Taylor Moran, who, you know, kind of played a couple of series yesterday and then was like, caught touchdowns, like I'm done. Uh, Ke- Keyshawn Williams didn't play yesterday. You know, you have five, six guys in this room, seven really that you are really, really comfortable with. And I think that's going to help Mitch a lot just because they have seven guys that they are really good on. And then you have got like Jaden Gerard yesterday, who I thought flashed a little bit. Deuce Alexander is a name for a file away name for 2025. I, I think he, he and Taylor are going to be back for another year, I believe. And so, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a waiting period, but Deuce looks good. Uh, yeah. This, this room is just an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> like it's, it's, and it's not just because of who they're going up against. They do this against basically everybody. So it's exciting there. I thought the ends, the defensive ends and the offensive tackles were great. I, I thought the, the interior offensive line was great, was good as well, but I definitely liked what I saw out of, you know, the, the exterior lines. Guys like Kendron Wayman and Jalen Hudson, I know Shane Davis didn't play and didn't really need to, but uh, you know, Kendron and Jalen got theirs. They forced, they forced the pocket to move a few times. Jalen got a strip sack, which I didn't think you could do in two-hand touch. Got a strip sack. Zamari Stevenson ran it back for a touchdown. I, I liked what I saw there, but I also liked the fact that it wasn't just one side blowing the other's doors off. Like the uh, Spencer Clapp got a few pancakes. Vontae Goring got a few pancakes. Uh, you know, I really liked what I saw about you know, they're running something called tackle wrap, but I'm seeing that a lot more. And they're usually running it, I think, with Gordon, which makes more sense because I think he's more athletic than Clapp is and has less knee injuries than Spencer Clapp does. Um, if you don't know what tackle wrap is, so podcasting, visual visual medium. It's essentially, it's going to look like the slow mesh, which is going to be something that's probably going to frustrate me when people say, that's the slow mesh, that's, that's the mesh. It looks like the slow mesh slash an RPO, which looks like an RPO. But the ta- one of the tackles can be left, left tackle, right tackle, wraps or pulls. You can call it that as well. It essentially pulls across the line. Everyone else kind of shifts a little bit. And because you're making it an RPO, and especially with Wig, and I think it helps a little, make it a little more, is because those linebackers have to freeze for a second and that safety has to freeze for a second and can't shoot down, it gives Wake an extra second to have a lot of a, a burly lineman. I mean, the linemen aren't fast people. It gives an extra second for the lineman to come across the line and open up a huge, you know, B gap for them. And, you know, we saw it a couple of times. One time, Chandra Wayman actually read it perfectly and blew it up. But the second time they ran it, if David Eggbag keeps his feet, he's got yards to go. And I think we see a little more tackle wrap because I think it, it allows them to a get it allows them to a be able to stay in the same sort of formations and and give the same looks as they don't as they can normally do and keep keep the speed going. But b it also uses it also takes a disadvantage they have and makes them to an advantage. They don't really have big burly line. They don't have UGA three hundred and thirty pound linemen that can just maul you up front. The entire idea of tackle wrap and stuff like that is. So, hey, I have smaller, undersized linemen, but they're more athletic than what than what usually people are used to going up against on the offensive line. Since they're more athletic, they can come across the line faster, open holes quicker, boom, you're off to the races. And I think it turning that deficiency into a proficiency is something that I think Warren Ruggiero has really excelled at while he's at Big Forest. And I think it's going to be some, a, play, a play like that. And they can flip it. You can flip the tackles. Use different areas. It, it's a it's an interesting play for you to run, and it's something that you and you also the, the thing is, and it helps with the wide receivers is you have to pay attention to Donovan and At and Keyshawn and Taylor Marin. You have to pay attention to those guys. You can't just bite and say no because in theory it's still it's still an RPO in a sense. So if Mitch can just kind of see that 
someone is just shooting off of a receiver, he can just pull it and, and launch it. So you still have to respect it. So I think it's gonna. I think it's an interesting recall I saw yesterday, and I'm really intrigued to see if that happens more in the in the fall. I thought the the linebackers were fine. You know, I I'm really actually really high on that room coming into this fall. I think that they hit on Jacob Roberts. Clawson mentioned that. You know, he had some adjustments to when he came into the school, which is something that usually happens when you're moving up a level. That you know, this, and I think it's going to happen with a guy with Nick Helbig when he comes in, and same thing with Bryce Ganius when he came in. Uh, it's just more resources at this level, and the game's a little faster, and it's going to take a week or two for you to nut up and just figure out, oh, hey, no, they're actually watching me lift. They're actually watching exactly what I eat. The game is faster, and but I think they've hit on Jacob Roberts. He's a very, very, very good linebacker. I'm really excited about him. Chase Jones is, has improved. They'll get Eldrick Robinson back this summer. They'll get Dylan Hazen back this summer. Uh, Aiden Hall was a name mentioned by Dave Clawson as a had a had a good spring. I don't, I don't know if it'll necessarily be on the two deep, but I think he I think he showed well. He's got to get a little bit stronger, but I think he showed enough. Quincy Bryant apparently per Dave Clawson had the best one of the best springs out of anyone on the team. It was much needed, but. They they really needed that out of Quincy and he's he's been playing well. So I'm really happy for that for him. And then they'll also get a guy in Jaquez Keys who, you know, hasn't has played has played some linebacker. He's played linebacker for two years um, up and in high school, but and but is is very vis- physically stout. He is a college ready body all the way. It's more so can he absorb the reps of being a linebacker, of being a full-time linebacker versus splitting at linebacker and running back like he was in college. You know, sometimes it is a little bit harder. For someone to split when they're splitting reps to come in and specialize on that because they're used to they're not fully at that position. Like if you're playing linebacker and running back or you know, deep defensive corner and a wide receiver, you can you kind of feel out what the other side's doing and it helps you a little bit more. But in terms of like the just technique and just hey, these are the fundamentals of what this position takes, you know, that gets a little that's where that it takes a little bit of time. And sometimes those guys are like, okay, I need to lock in watch more film because you know i can get away with that because i'm like oh i just play, i play the other side i know what i like to do what my other corners like to do it's why receivers it helps at this level everyone knows how to do knows that and it it is you need to do the little things better a lot of this is a lot of stuff at the college level is either i'm just a better athlete than you which you know coming from high school to college usually you were the best athletes now you're a big fish in the small you're a small fish in a big pond and guys were better athletes than you there's that, but more often than not, it's usually they're doing a little thing just better than you. And that's just how that next step happens. And I think that's why this is the first quarter. The spring is first quarter. It's like, hey, we need to make sure you have the basics down and you're getting this done. You know, that's why people like to get kids into early enroll, but can't get everybody early enroll. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens come the summer. So notably, uh, I'm didn't mention defensive tackles or corners. So after spring game, Clawson mentioned that he was a little bit, still a little bit worried about the death at defensive tackle. Also at corner as well at DT. I mean, he, we really like, everyone really likes where Kevin Pointer is and the death that guys like uh, Isaiah Cheney and Justin Williams are bringing is and white Crespi brings It's great. But it feels like they have ones and they feel like they have a one and a bunch of twos, not so much two ones and a couple of twos that could push up to be ones. And, you know, part of that wasn't helped by the fact that Bernard couldn't was it was was dismissed from the team. It also wasn't helped that Bryce Ganyas missed essentially the entire spring with an injury. And, you know, for, again, moving up a level, you really want those guys to go through as much weight training and as many play calling and everything that you can possibly get them to do. So nursing an injury the entire spring probably doesn't help you. you know, I think they, they, they feel good about where he'll be after the summer. I think they're, they're, they're very much are like, okay, I, I think he'll be a one, but it's still an unsure thing. Um, same thing with Nick Helbig. He's coming in the summer. You know, he's doing all these things with his team. He's he's going through spring, he's going through spring drills with the, with Wesleyan 
He's working with the trainer. The coaches gave him uh, a couple of plays uh, just to kind of learn to get acclimated with the terminology and just what they're actually trying to run. But you ne- you still never really know what, especially a guy that's coming up from D3, you never really know what they're going to look like when they make that jump. And, you know, it's going to be a, let's figure this out at, like in June, like we're going to have to, we're going to have to see when he gets here. I don't necessarily know if they get a defensive back in the portal. Uh, because I, I, one thing Dave Glossin did mention was they didn't want to just throw numbers at the problem. Uh, I think it'll really help if Eli Hall gets healthy. I think it'll really help this team if he can, he, I was really, they were very frustrated, not with him, but just that situation that he missed basically all of last year with an injury and is still out for the spring. You know, I know he's young, but he's he's got to he's got to get healthy, be able to help this team. He can't help the team by sitting on the sidelines. You know, I was really encouraged by Chris Marable and Kashawn Thomas, but you know they're still young and they got they got to grow up. Kids come to school, you got to grow up. But yeah, I, so I don't know if they'll add that there, but I mean, if if a good one's there and he'll listen, I think you'll think I think they'll answer the phone. Corner is something. It's a thing. So, I mean, I think they feel fine about where Kevin Carson is. They feel fine about where Deshaun Jones is. They want to, they, they're going to push everyone more, especially Deshaun. They feel fine about Jamari Glasker. They feel fine about Evan Slocum. Evan Slocum has honestly had, like, they, it, I think it's come out more that the, that the uh, nickel corner is the hardest position in football just because of how you can't use any other side of, like leverage. You can't use the boundaries the slot receiver can kind of do whatever they want. Receivers don't get called for OPI anyways. But on that, for a quick note, it was honestly hysterical to watch one of Wesley Grimes' catches because, you know, the, the announcers are like, this is a good route and everything. And I thought it was hilarious because Wesley just kind of runs into, I think it was Deshaun Jones. He just absolutely just jumps and then pushes him off and breaks away for his route. And there's no OPI. And I go, nope, that wouldn't be called in the real game because OPI is just never called. Like, I am team run OP, run the OPI play until they call it. And even then, the worst thing that could happen is you lose 10 yards, whatever, do it again. It, it is impossible sometimes to play corner. I, I understand that. It is impossible. Like if you can sometimes just barely hold someone into call, but the offense can, can just two hands shove off of you and it's not a call, whatever. But no, I think Slocum ha- has had one of the hardest assignments all spring <laughs> because he's had to play the hardest position against Keyshawn Williams and Taylor Marin. That's not fun. <laughs> I had talked to him when I went down the spring practice and he was like, I mean, I relish it. It, it sucks sometimes though. <laughs> and I mean, that's just kind of is what it is. It's, it's going to suck sometimes, but you know, he, he got, he's gotten a couple picks. He's gotten a fumble uh, here and there. He's held up and I thought he was fine yesterday, but, you know, so I think wake feels good about three corners and a nickel. And I think they're trying to see if they can fit Jamari into that nickel sort of thing. But I mean, it's, there's gotta be some growing up going in that room and that growing up either has got to come through the portal or people just growing up. You know, I think it did suck a little bit that Antonio Robinson had to miss the entire spring. And I think he'll be, he'll be ready for, for the summer as well not just because he was a highly rated recruit, but because I think he fit what this team needed a little bit physically and it kind of sucked. Uh, you know, Trayvon West is coming in in the summer and I think he'll help out at nickel a little bit, a little bit more. He's a little, he's a little rangier, but I think he's, he's got the profile of a nickel. So I'm intrigued there, but I mean, I haven't seen much from Andre Hodge in a bit. Uh, Zamari Stevenson. I, he had the, he had the, uh, Fumble recovery for touchdown. Looked good in coverage a couple times, but he's got to he's got to grow up. I know it's year two, but and I think it sucks because it's a lot of pressure being put on a room that isn't necessarily like their fault. Like normally, like year two, you're still like okay, you can you can chill, not chill, but you you don't you're not being fully expected to produce at at the level we need you to. And obviously, it's hard going up against. Literally wakes walk-ons, walk-ons at wide receivers could start at G5 programs, probably be deaf at some, be like two deeps at some power five programs. Like these walk-ons and, and 
backups are not scrubs by any means. But I mean, when you look at the corners that have come through Wake in the last couple last few cycles, and you know, some of it's luck, some of it's not luck, but man, like you know, 2018 class, Kenneth Dix, Peyton Willard, uh, Zion Keith, all not with the team, and all I mean, Zion, Zion gave a little bit of Zion gave some good snaps, but he was they he was better at safety when they put him at corner. They were just I, the UNC game, just just you and that UNC game where both Kalen and uh, where both Kalen and Jasir go down. Was uh, Kalen Gavin go down? And it's just Jasir out there with with a uh, just Jasir out there with Zion Keith. Just look at look and see who they're targeting. Just look and see who the ball is going towards. Uh, Isaiah Assessima, love Isaiah. He's at Nevada. I think that's a better fit for him, but not on the team. 2020 class, Gavin Holmes, J.J. Roberts, Kalen Carson. Out of those three guys, one of those guys is still on the team. You know, out of three classes, you recruited seven line, seven cornerbacks, and one of them is left on the roster. Like that, like that's just, it's just swings and misses there. And you can't swing and miss at a position forever. Like, Three cycles is a very long time to swing and miss. And they tried to fix it through the portal a little bit. Last year, they had Isaiah Wingfield, who was kind of unplayable at the end of the year. It was I, I thought it was really interesting when he didn't go through Pro Day. But I think that kind of spoke to how things kind of went down for him the rest of the year. Of He just wasn't good enough. And, you know, I try to make my way around being nice because these are still people, they still have lives. And I want to make sure I'm being fair with whatever criticism and give. He wasn't, he wasn't good enough to play. And so it was, it was tough. Jamal Martin was actually, was, was a solid guy for them, but that's only one body in a room that you just didn't have anything. And I know you lost Kobe, Kobe Davis, but, but yeah, they, they, that hurt. They had KJ Trujillo a couple of years ago. He lasted a season and is at i think north alabama now so i mean they've just they've just swung and missed at and there are guys that i thought were i was i was also really high on that they really just it just it just swung and missed and it sucked but that's just you lose more than you win in recruiting and they they lost at a certain position and that's really hindering them right now so i i'm pretty sure they'll be active in the in the portal and I mostly say this to say there's going to be action in the portal. I, I made the post to be happy subscribers earlier this morning. And I'm going to pull this part behind from behind the veil. There's going to be movement in the portal, both in and out of wake. Numbers just dictate the fact that even if they stayed still, there needed to be movement. And now, you know, just in terms of what they need for next year and the future, alongside looking at what the 2024 class is doing right now, as well as just what they like, what they just need. They, they, some bodies have to go. And I don't know where exactly those bodies are going to be, who, who those bodies are going to be. I'm not going to speculate who it's going to be. That's people's scholarships. It's a tough decisions. Player meetings are starting this week. So we'll get a clear picture probably in the next week or two of what's going on there, but just be ready. And I don't think it'll be anyone big. And I don't want to say that anyone's bigger than someone else, but it's not going to be someone that I think is on a two deep necessarily. It's going to hit the portal this year, but some, but some people have to, and that's just the nature of the beast and it's going to suck, but that's just where we are. And that's, that's every program in the country. And that has nothing to really do with the portal or with, you know, how the NCAA is going at a certain point, numbers have to, numbers have always had to work out somehow. And we're getting to the point of the year where numbers are going to have to work out. So before we get into the recruiting part, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The 2024 class for Wake Forest has been pretty good, to say the least. They're sitting at 13th right now in the 247 uh, recruiting rankings. Uh, I don't, uh, again, I don't think they'll stay in the top 15. Uh, they are also 13th with three players, four players, excuse me, not rated. You know, I think of all four of them got rated as a 85, just a middle, middle of the road, three star. I think that would probably push Wake up to ninth or so, maybe eighth. Either way, I don't think that I don't think it has staying power there. I mean, I don't I don't really care about that. I really don't care about the average rating. The average rating right now is an 86.44, and it's the highest in Wake history right now. And I think with these four guys, that doesn't get dragged down. It honestly might get boosted up a little bit. So, but they've had five commitments in the last week. I'm gonna run through them kind of rapid fire, maybe a little bit backstory, depending on who the prospect is. We'll start with Kendall Howard, our out of Daleville, Virginia, mid three-star by 24 seven, high three-star by the composite. It's offers for head off from John James Madison, Louisville, NC state, James Tech, and a couple others. He's a defensive lineman sitting at six, three, two So, and I, I'm using defensive lineman very carefully because I just don't know what he's going to be at the next level. He was recruited by as a three tech, by teams like an NC state that run for free down linemen. So he was, that's usually a bigger, uh, that's usually a bigger uh, defensive end. So people think they can get up to 270 pretty easily, but you know, he's being brought in wake that can 270, 280, that can be usually a power end. So someone like a Rondell or like a Jasheen David, well, Jasheen Davis is lighter, but like how they use Rondell Bothroyd, you know, get him up to 270 and really have him be that just bigger bodied guy. Or he could slide in as a defensive tackle, depending on the formation or how big his body gets. I think they're going to let him grow into his body and see what goes on there. This was a fun one because Wake kind of backed off for a little bit here. I mean, Wake was really set until Justin Terrell decommitted. And one that that decommitments happen. Wake pretty much has one to two every year. That just That's just normal. And, you know, that made them reevaluate and see what the board was looking like some of their targets have gone had gone elsewhere and i, th- I know a guy like preston Wat- watson had gone to duke uh is a name that i was i know they were pretty high on but he gone to duke i think he seemed pretty set there so you know they certainly circle back to kendall howard and you know kendall is from virginia i know he mentioned the virginia tech offer was one that he had always wanted and, and getting it i know virginia tech was was doing well was doing well with him but i wake offering him early made such a huge impression with them and that's a pretty wake story with their recruits is oh no wake forest offered its kid early and they really like that shocker that's part of wake's thing is they like they evaluate well usually they get on guys early and guys really appreciate that that's how they got Michael Mays last year that's how they got Wesley Grimes so but it made that it made that much more of an impression he loves Dave Cohen and staff I love the pickup I think he's someone that shoots off the line you know, I love the fact that he's still growing into his body. He runs track. He does shot put, I believe. Really good athlete. I'm, I, I like to pick up a lot. On Easter Sunday, they had two. Number one was linebacker Andrew Hines, the second, I believe. Right now, the crown jewel of class. High three-star by both the composite and 24-7. He is a top 100 recruit um, in, excuse me, he uh, top 500 recruit in the nation. If he was to sign with Wake Forest, he would be Wake's ninth highest rated recruit ever, which I know. And it's and it's kind of weird just to put like a high three star recruit into, you know, highest rated class, like or one of the highest rated players ever in, in the history of Wake Forest. But also when thinking about where kind of Andrew Hines, it's like he's on the cusp of a four star. Like it's it's a one site rates him a little higher in the composite and he's a four star. So. He, I'm, I love this pickup. He's 6'1", 214. 
probably adds maybe five to eight more pounds on him. He can move. He plays tight end as well for Woodward Academy in Atlanta. One of the better teams in the state, second highest classification in the state. He he is a fantastic athlete. I think the, I think one of the questions on him is, you know, did he hit his ceiling? And I think it's going to be interesting to see him the senior season. But I think physically he hasn't hit his ceiling. And I think that's really positive for Wake to keep him. Laundry lift, list of offers, like it, laundry list. So, I mean, people have saw him and like, this kid's good. And it was one of Glenn Spencer's biggest offer, uh, first offers. And I remember talking to Hines and he mentioned just how much Glenn Spencer was just all over him. He was like, yeah, Glenn, the coach Spencer really wants me. He, I can tell that he really like wants and needs me here. Like he, it's not, sometimes you, you sometimes when, you, when players talk to coaches, you're always like, yeah, like I, he says he, he needs me, but you never really know. But Hines like, yeah, this, this guy, Coach Spencer wants me here. He he desperately wants me here and thinks I can make an impact. He's going to come in as a, as a weak side linebacker. He can some, he, I think he can play all over. But sometimes he'll be playing a th- uh, some three down stuff, and we've seen that a couple of times in the last couple of years. You know, they, he mentioned that they could see him as like a third down, like a third backer in that sort of line. So I think there's some ideas that Wake has right now, but they they really like this guy. I think he's an instant impact guy. Chase Jones is leaving after this year. You know, I'm excited about Aldrich coming back, but you never really know what he's going to be like after his injury. Quincy Bryant had a good spring, but what does that mean going into the next season? You know, there's still a little bit of uncertainty right there. So, you know, any sort of thing that could come, any sort of person that could come in and be like, good, good. So love the pickup. I also like the pickup because Wake is recruiting his teammate wide receiver, Ben Grice, who used to be committed to Delaware for the cross. Uh, he really started taking football seriously this year. And his junior film, he's one of the best athletes in the state, just hands down. He's just one of the best athletes. You you watch him and you're just like, oh, you should have been playing football a long time ago, buddy. And so it's a, I think it'll be a little helpful to have his teammate, who I think they're pretty close. I'm pretty sure they're pretty close to in the in the class. And I know Wake is is heavily after after Grice. So really intrigued there. Also on your Easter Sunday. Sam Neely, a longer corner out of Matthews, North Carolina, Weddington High School. Shout out Coach Andy Capone, uh, good friend, his family friend. Well, not him, his sister is. But Coach Capone puts out a lot of good players. Weddington sounds familiar to you. Malik Mustafa, <laughs> just, just they, they, Weddington puts out good, good players. Mustafa, I believe, Shipley came from there. Neely, six foot, 180 pounds. At a camp last year, ran a four five five laser 40-yard dash. 35 inch vertical there. I got some pictures of him at the spring game yesterday, long arms, like long arms. And then you, you would really like, so I'm, I think the staff is really happy about that plays the ball extremely well in the air. And I know it's something that staff is really wanting people to do better at. He can definitely put on some more weight. And so I'm really intrigued about that. I don't know if he's exactly 180. I think he's probably in the 160 range, but you know, putting on 10 to 20 pounds of muscle in the next year and a half, two years, you can do that. If I would probably be, he hasn't been rated yet. If I was rating him, probably an 86 mid, like a mid three star, probably put him right at the 86. And I think he's still a little bit lighter, but he's a good athlete. And I think the measurables would, would, would translate a little better to the NFL, but I think he's still got to get a little faster and still got to get a little stronger. Earlier this week, well, I guess last week, depending on what day, what time you think the week starts, does it start on Sunday or Monday? Who knows? Mir Glenn. Big boy, <laughs> 6'2", 320 pounds listed. I think he's about 300-ish, but I mean, he looks every part of that 300-ish. I'd probably have him as a high three-star 87. I think he's he's good. He's He was a massive part of one of the best teams in state. He had 125 tackles, 57 solo ones as a defensive tackle. You having 100 total tackles in general as a defensive end, I mean, excuse me, as a defensive tackle, you're doing something right. You, you are a, are a mean, you're a mean boy. <laughs> and I mean, Langston Hughes, it was an absolutely stacked team, but he was a big part of them being one of the best teams in the state and in the country. I think they finished 15th in the country, played in the same uh, classification as Woodward with Andrew Hines, really good, really good competition in that classification. I know he's camping next week at an underclassman camp. I'm excited to see, you know, how he stacks up there. I think the staff is really excited about it too, but I think the thing I'm most excited about is that he's an early enrollee. 
I absolutely, I absolutely love being able to bring in offensive and defensive linemen early, get them in. We all know that 300 pounds plus is not good weight. There is a kid, Zachariah Owens for Clemson. I know he came in at, I think 365 at Clemson and everyone. And at first you're like, Oh, 365. That's a, that's a big boy. This is great. I know get some, get some, some nice beef on the, on the offensive line. And even dad was like, this dude can't play it this way. This dude's got to lose 30, 40 pounds at least to, to even sniff the field here. So usually if a kid's 300 plus pounds in high school, it's not good weight. So, but I, I think him being an early enrollee is great, especially given they're going to lose at least two defensive tackles next year. So big win there. Uh, some good offers, UNC, West Virginia, Nebraska, I think Georgia Tech as well. So I like it. Last, yesterday at 9.30 at night, I think. It was like 9 or 9.30. Uh, safety Miles Turpin from Stonebridge High School in Ashburn, Virginia. If this kid was listed at six foot one or even six foot, every single major program in the country would be knocking down his door. He's 5'11", 175. He can dunk. He is so athletic. He is insanely athletic. You put on the, you throw on his huddle film for, I know that's not the NLB, you'll be all the coaches have more tape than I ever will. But just from the simple huddle from him and watching his games, you're just like, wait, 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 what? (laughs) He is easily one of the best athletes. Like if you put him on Wiggs team right now, he is probably a top 10, top 15 athlete on that team already. And that's not a slight to Wiggs athlete. That kid's just that athletic. He is an extremely athletic guy. He had, what, seven intercept- interceptions, 10 tackles for loss, two pick sixes, two punt return for touchdowns, 500-plus like return yards. He he does it all. He is just someone that I don't think camped at all his his like sophomore year. So I just don't think he was at I – don't, I, don't th- I think he's just someone who doesn't camp, like a Devon Patterson, who – bringing it back to the spring game, they lost to Devon Patterson. It's not going to get redshirted. Wake Forest has a knack for these kids that just do not camp and are like maybe a little bit too small and not too small, but like a little bit smaller than say NFL measurables usually are. Then they come in and play. (laughs) And I think Miles Turpin might be one of my favorite people in this class because of that, because he's, and yeah, he's 5'11". I think, I mean, he's still younger. So if he can hit six feet, this kid's going to be a problem. I think he's definitely going to be someone that Wake's going to have to fight to keep in this class. I think he will be. I know his coach is a former human deacon, but this is one that they're going to have to fight to keep in. But I think that this is it. This this one screams the quintessential. Of course, Wake Forest identified him. Like it, it just screams that. So love love that pickup. Kicking these over to basketball. So I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter here. And just because I'm not going to name any names, because I think that would be a disservice to the VIP subscribers pay for the content that myself and Les will put out there. That being said, I think it's pretty much gotten out that there are going to be certain visits coming up soon for Wake Forest and that they're sitting well with a couple of targets. I would just like to say and I feel like this is me throwing cold water, but maybe, maybe not. I think the odds of weight getting all, all X amount of transfers right now that they're currently linked with is, is, is zero. I, I, I would, I would say that last night. I would say that Friday would say Thursday, Wednesday, Monday. think the odds of them doing that are zero information just happens. Like by the time I, this goes up, things could already have changed. And one of them could have already committed to here or somewhere else. Things change so quickly in the transfer portal that something that was something that is true at 4 p.m. on Friday on Friday evening, Friday afternoon, Friday evening can be obsolete and just out of just not even close to being true anymore at 7 p.m. on Friday. It things in the transfer portal move fast, and so that's why sometimes I will honestly stay quiet about certain things. It's just because. I want to know if the information's still good, to be quite honest. Like, it's not so much me not trusting certain sources. It's me so much being like, is this still a thing at the, like, in a couple of hours? Like, it could, it could literally be, oh no, like, sorry, they just, they got a check for 500K and 
one thing about me, I'm never going to pocket watch and I will never spill the numbers on an, on an NIL deal that someone signed for somewhere. If you do that, I think you're a loser. But yeah, something could happen in terms of just situations change. And I mean, it's it's far enough away past this recruitment, but with the with the Jew Harris recruitment, I was things changed between 8 p.m. and four in the morning, like two days before the like two days before the commitment. Like, I things like things change so quickly and in the middle of the night. And it, that's and so it sucks because it sucks because Sometimes you want to be able to, and this isn't me grabbing about my job. I don't want to make it seem like that. But sometimes it is a hard balance between giving information because it will make people happy or sad. And then that information can just be kaput in about an hour. And so it's, it's sometimes hard to figure out where that is. I think no matter what, I think it's pretty, pretty office wake force with like a big, they would like a wing and they would like a BPA. I think I think those three are on the table. I don't think that is has anything to do with how they feel about Bobby Clinton, who I will stand right now. If if I had to make a bet of anything, I would put my rent check on Bobby Clinton coming back next year. This is not so much of me speaking to Bobby Clinton, but just putting the pieces together. And this is how I felt this entire time is it has made no sense for Bobby Clinton to actually stay in the NBA draft for the 2023 cycle when he could have even he could have a mid-year he could just be meh next year and and be locked into a lottery like be absolutely locked into a lottery next year's class stinks and I don't want to say it stinks I do want to say it stinks actually next year's class just ha- does right now and people will obviously pop out of nowhere and you know you gotta you gotta draft somebody but Next year's class is not someone where you look at something and it's like, this is your surefire number one prospect, especially with someone just getting arrested for assault with a deadly weapon the other day. So there's a, there is another top prospect maybe gone, but so I, I I think it, it makes, it makes all the sense. And this is something the staff was not blindsided by, by the, at all. This was, this this is something people knew was, was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen. It made all the sense in the world for Bobby to finish out this year at school and then go, hey, I'm going to train for a little bit, especially during the break where we're not on campus anyways. I need to go train anyways. Let me just stay in the States and get everything I need to get in terms of feedback so that way I can go to my trainers and that way I can go to the Wake Forest staff and say, hey, here's, I understand what from team, here's what I'm going to be trying to work on. Here's how do you, how do you plan on getting me to this next level? And the staffs will very easily be like, cool, we got you. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll work on this on fitting certain things in there. They're not going to make the entire mold around Bobby Clinton. Oh, hey, Bobby Clinton needs, needs to shoot more threes. Guess we're going to have nothing but spot up threes for Bobby Clinton, but they can work on, hey, you know, some some players need to work on their free throws. They're going to they're going to spend, you know, a few weeks being like, hey, we're intensely drilling you on this. Some people need to work on their threes. Whatever Bobby Clinton gets, it's it's it has made all the sense in the world that he's going to get the information and then come back. But back to the portal, it, they are going to get, they are going to try to get three, three guys in those, in those sort of aspects. And if they happen to miss out on a big, I am pretty sure that there's someone else or multiple other people that they're talking to I, with the person they're linked to right now. I remember how people were just kind of freaking out and be like, they're not linked to anybody, this, this, and this come to find out they were having an in-home with, with said person like that day. So it's one of those things that, and I, and I think it's from the same sort of aspect of information can change. You know, we're talking to this person one day, this person another day, you know, never know where things are going until someone, something happens. And I think it's one of those things that if, if a big goes, goes somewhere else, I'm sure in about a week, they'll, being home someone else if if a wing goes somewhere else i saw that they were actually linked to another wing i think from montana state the other uh last night i cannot remember his name to save my life i think his name is do 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 uh raekwon battle yeah so there's another guy if there if there's another bpa that fits their needs they'll they're they're keeping their bases it's they're keeping their bases full it's april 16th wake me up in june 
if you're wanting to worry about the roster. I think just worrying about it, what it looks like right now is just worrying, just a worrying. And I get that's part of being a fan. Trust me, I worry about what the Braves and what the Hawks are going to look like every five seconds. Don't worry. But like, it's wake me up in a couple months if that's actually if and see if there's actually some concern there. But for right now, I, I understand you would some people would be concerned. I'm sure the staff shares triple your concern or trying to fix that. I think the weirdest thing is when people think coaches are just kind of sitting around just being like, yeah, man, we're just, just sitting on this and we're going to, we're going to do this. And it's not just because, you know, I like Steve Forbes and, you know, him, him and I have chummed it up and it's great. It's a thing of just, these people don't want to lose their jobs. <laughs> like they they have that they have the job they have, they always dreamed about. They don't want to lose that. So they're not just sitting here just being like, yeah, you know, shucks, missed out on this guy we're just gonna sit back and go to the poor no they probably it more more than likely there is a plan a b's there's a plan a through f so we'll we'll see you know i i think let's just get through I, i'm gonna take this week by week and go hey i've kind of just that's how, kind of how i resign myself to the portal both in football and basketball is i take a week from I, every friday i go all right what's happened this week and we go from there and then we go for the next week because you've probably gone through a bunch of in-homes over the weekend during the week what's happened there. So I've just kind of taken things week to week. If you sit there day to day, you'll get so much information overload or just zero. If, if the staff isn't, if your staff isn't talking, this is just a wake thing. This is in general. So it's, it is what it is. And I think, I think we'll be fine. I'm encouraged about who I think they're going to land. I don't know if anything comes in the next week or so, but I've heard some good returns. And I think that there is a lot of work being put into the staff in, into into this into this team i think this team maybe there's going to be a healthy push for this team to be as good as they possibly can and, and by any means necessary and i mean by any means necessary this team is going to be as good as they possibly can we're going to figure things out and go from there thank you guys so much for listening to this always appreciate it if you're on apple Podcasts, make sure to make sure to five stars really helps me out helps me and less out Share with your friends. Subscribe on on Spotify. Love you guys. Have a good weekend. As always, go Deeks. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!